0: and some divisions shaping investors' expectations. Money for nothing.
1: Good morning and welcome back to Money for Nothing with me, Renita Malhotra Hora. U.S. stocks rise to fresh highs with the Nasdaq crossing 5,000 for the first time in 15 years. Asian stock futures rise amid U.S. market records. And Bill Gates gets uh, Forbes' top spot as richest man in the world. So how will the Nasdaq's big jump impact tech stocks here in Asia? We'll ask our markets guests uh, this morning. We have uh, with us Donald Amstad from Aberdeen Asset Management and also Francis Lun of GEO Securities. And if you're thinking of buying property in Australia, then our last segment might be right up your alley. IP Global's Executive Director Amos Lee tells us how the latest policy could affect you. Connie Bolland from Economic Research Analysis is our guest host this morning. Good morning, Connie. Good morning, Renita. So the NASDAQ finished above 5,000 for the first time in 15 years. This caps a long-running recovery in the exchange after the dot-com bubble burst uh, spectacularly, I should say, in 2000. Is
2: this exciting or what? Well, it is exciting, but we have... Also, got to be quite careful now because um, all this liquidity being injected in the system by the FED QE and the first, uh, and the monetary easing um, is now flooding into the stock market, including Nasdaq, not just in the US but worldwide. So, when will this stop? Nobody knows. But when it comes, we better be prepared.
1: So you don't think that this is necessarily uh, reflective of the health of the
2: tech companies, but more as an effect of QE? I think it's a combination of the two. Um, I guess the, uh, the, the dot-com bubble uh, in the early part of uh, the century is, basic, uh, is basically a premature uh, happening. But now, um, I guess some of the tech companies are more um, sophisticated and they cater more to the consumer's needs. But... We do believe that, I do believe that um, the QE has a lot to do with this.
1: Mm. Well, sophisticated is definitely the word. Uh, The index jumped uh, just under 1% to 5,008. CNBC's Bertha Coombs was was at NASDAQ and she says that not only have the companies grown and have become sophisticated, but they also now pay dividends. It's really about the fact that you're seeing these companies that are much more sophisticated. Their valuations are much bigger. They pay dividends, which is something that a lot of these companies didn't used to do. Former Sun, uh co-founder Scott McNeely, I spoke with him on Friday, and he was saying, you know, We didn't pay dividends because we were a hardware company. We were building our companies back then. We didn't believe in paying dividends. We
2: wanted to plow all that cash back into the company. But these days, you get a hardware maker like Apple that is in so many businesses, it just
0: mints cash. Even
2: as it plows it back into the company, that cash hoard continues
1: to grow. It's only the third time in history that it has actually crossed the 5,000 mark. But the venture capital firm Andreessen Horowitz's Scott Cooper says that it's no big deal.
0: We're talking about a Nasdaq that trades at something like 15 times earnings, uh, which, as you know, obviously is well below where it was back in the 99-2000 frame. So this feels like just kind of part of normal course of what we're seeing in terms of technology these days. If you look at the very late stage, so kind of the pre-IPO market right now, you've got a lot of new players coming into that market so we've seen the hedge funds the mutual funds even some of the large kind of you know tech buyout uh, firms have kind of come into that market and i think that's what's that's what's fueling a lot of the price increases in that market and you've got to remember you know a lot of those guys particularly the mutual fund folks are looking at a, a market that doesn't have a whole lot of growth on the public side for them to buy and so i think it's a fairly natural thing that we're seeing which is in order for them to buy growth they've got to come down farther in the private market i think that's what's moving the prices up in that range
1: So could there be a bubble brewing because people can't find returns in public equity markets? Cooper thinks maybe not.
0: I think what they're doing is they're saying, look, you know, a lot of the names you guys talked about, you know, Intel, Microsoft, these incumbent tech names, you've got something like two and a half trillion dollars of market cap sitting in those names that are basically not growing much. You know, and certainly if they are, they're growing low single digits. And so for these guys who have to beat their targets, they've got to beat their S&P 500 targets. The only way I think they can do that is to come in and look for stuff that's in the private market. And we know that when you look at what's happening is companies are staying private a lot longer. So 11 years to IPO in 2014, which is, you know, more than double what it was certainly in the 99-2000 bubble. And so all of that growth has really shifted from the public markets into the private markets. And I think that's what's obviously driving the interest, uh, you know, in a lot of those players.
1: Both the Dow Jones Industrial Average and the S&P 500 struck new records as well as US markets marched ahead in a 6-year bull run. The Dow rose 155 points or 0.86% to 18,288, while the S&P advanced 12 points or sixty percent uh, excuse me, 0.6% to 2,117. The dollar advanced and Brent crude oil slumped. The latest rich list from Forbes has the usual suspects on top. A fortune of 79.2 billion U.S. dollars puts Microsoft co-founder Bill Gates in the top spot, just ahead of Mexican telecom tycoon Carlos Slim and Berkshire Hathaway's Warren Buffett. But the list also shows the impact of technology and of China, as Sean Kennedy reports.
3: Facebook co-founder Mark Zuckerberg has broken into the top twenty, coming in at number sixteen. His thirty-three point four billion US dollar fortune puts him at one spot above Li ka now estimated to be worth $33.3 billion. Google co-founders Larry Page and Sergey Brin rounded out the top twenty. China's New Wealth was also in evidence. Alibaba's Jack Ma was at number thirty-three with twenty-two point seven billion dollars. Mainland solar tycoon Li Hejun is estimated to be worth 21.1 billion, which puts him in 38th place, while Baidu co-founder Robin Lee is 62nd on Forbes' rich list, with a fortune estimated at $15.3 billion.
1: All right, let's bring in our markets guests this morning. We have with us on the phone Donald Amstad. He's the Director of Business Development at Aberdeen Asset Management. And we also have Francis Lund, the CEO of GEO Securities, also joining us on the phone this morning. Good morning, gentlemen. Hey, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, Donald, if I could uh, start with you first, please. What do you make of Nasdaq's uh, rise to beyond the 5,000 mark?
3: difficult for me to comment on that. I'm not an equity expert, uh, but I guess the view from Aberdeen is is that stocks in the U.S. uh, generally have had a a very strong run and uh, are probably trading a little bit on the expensive side Uh, in terms of where do we see better value. It's probably closer to home here in Asia. And uh, in some of the more beaten-up markets in emerging markets, uh, where we try and stick to quality, and if, if you want quality cash flow, then uh, there's, there's plenty of that we think to be found in Asia.
1: Okay, Francis, uh, okay. do you do you see uh, you know this uh, enormous rise in the Nasdaq actually affecting Asian Asian tech stocks?
4: Yes, I think so, especially the strength of, uh, uh, Apple actually is driving up the, uh, uh, Nasdaq. Uh, the, the, the important point is the main driver of Nasdaq, uh, Apple is really only trading at uh, 15 times earning. So it's not, uh, uh, stratospheric unlike, uh, Facebook or, or, or not even Facebook like, uh, and others that are trading at two hundred times p e uh, uh even though it's five thousand now but but the, the bubble is really much much less than the uh two thousand dot com bubble so i i I don't think uh, uh NASDAQ will crash like uh, what happened in two thousand uh but I think uh, it will have a positive effect on the tech stocks like uh uh, uh at 10 cents in Hong Kong.
1: But you say bubble, so you do think that this is a bubble?
4: Well, for some of the stocks, uh, it is a bubble. For stocks that are trading at 100 or 200 times uh, P.E., it has to be bubble. They are looking... Uh, reading too much forward into the future, like Tesla is trading at 200 times, and uh, the companies uh, uh, traded, we uh, caught that they lost last year, so uh, so, so I think uh, people are really, uh, uh, the, the share is really overpriced. There are several others there are trading at 100 times uh, uh, earnings, So, but I think for H- Hong Kong stocks, I I don't uh, maybe except for uh, 10 cent I don't think any others are trading at something like uh, a 50 or uh, times pe or over so I think uh, for for hong kong stocks the chance of a major correction is much
1: all right, uh, Donald, uh, you know, everybody has their eye on sort of uh, zero interest rates in the U.S. And I'd like to just quote uh, Bill Gross of Janus, who says that low interest rates globally destroy financial business models that are critical to the functioning of modern-day economies. Uh, Gross says, you know, that these could actually exacerbate rather than stimulate low growth rates uh, all over the world by raising savings and deferring consumption. What do you make of this? I think
3: there's a lot to be said to um, obviously, central banks around the world have been trying to do their bit since the global financial crisis in 2008 by not only cutting interest rates, but by embarking. Uh,
1: Yeah, it's a good point that you uh, bring up. Uh, you know, Francis, the Chinese People's Political Consultative Conference, yes. um, which is the nation's top political advisory body, now they open meetings today in Beijing, and yeah. that's a couple, of di- a couple of days ahead of the uh, National yeah. Pe-o- People's Congress, which is yeah, the legislature, right. Yeah, on Thursday. So uh, what are you expecting from these meetings? I mean, what is it that, as Donald says, they know that we don't know?
4: <laughs> well, uh, for, for the uh, consultative, committees really show that uh, it has no power and it won't do anything. But uh, 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 investors still play on some of the things that they believe will come out of the meeting, like uh, environment, uh, because of the uh, 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 documentary by former CCTV reporter Chai Jing, uh, Under, Under the Dome. Uh, it, uh, the report pointed out the dangers of uh, the cause of pollution and the dangers of pollution. So uh, 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 yesterday, uh, the environmental-related stocks uh, rose and also those uh, uh, pipe gas stocks rose because uh, uh, apparently they cause less pollution. So this is the way to play the market, uh, 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 trying to guess what the, what will come out of the two meetings.
1: So we should be buying environmental stocks in China right now, or in general? Yeah,
4: yeah. Well, right now because uh, 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 when, when the meeting is on, the news is still hot, and you you play on those stocks. Otherwise, uh, the the train will, would have departed, and, and and you and then you have no train to get on.
1: Donald, what do you think about uh, fixed income opportunities in in sort of these areas?
3: Fixed income opportunities are very sparse indeed at the moment. Uh, I think um, there was a report out recently saying that with the JP Morgan World Government Bond Index, I think something like 16% of that index, the bonds are now trading at uh, yields to maturity of less than zero. So uh, (laughs) there's not a lot of yield out there. Uh, The good news is that uh, in Asia, at least, Um, Most central banks have not uh, yet resorted to the types of uh, extraordinary measures we've seen from central banks in the West. What's going on in China? The good news is is that China is not the only story in Asia. There is the Indian story, and uh, Indian bonds we think look pretty attractive at the moment.
2: Connie, you yes, have you yeah, um, it's good that you mention about India because that's what, uh, what I was about to ask you. Um, you know, apart from India, what uh, other countries are you uh, comfortable with in terms of Asian fixed income portfolio? And the other thing is, um, maybe, you know, since you mentioned India, perhaps you can comment a little bit about the budget that uh, was released last weekend.
3: Yes, I, th- I think on the, the, the budget in India, uh, uh, I think maybe some people were, were expecting... Uh, Fireworks or a, or a shock and awe type budget. We didn't uh, we didn't get that, but it's uh, uh, another very sensible uh, budget um, and.
1: donald you know this whopping three and a half percent return on bonds asian bonds is this across the board or you know surely in a place like india we can hope for a little bit more than that no
3: india you can get a little bit more yes you 10-year bond yields are uh, just just below eight mm-hmm. percent at the moment so uh, there's a lot more yield in india but uh, obviously if we wouldn't put uh, or would advise your listeners to put all, all their eggs in any one particular basket um and obviously, interest rates in, in places like Hong Kong and Singapore are, are a lot, lot
1: lower. Okay. Francis, uh, yeah. in terms of company earnings, uh, what do we have today? We've got China Unicom. We've got, uh, we're expecting, I think, Glencore, Giordano, and later in the week, uh, Hong Kong X, you know, with uh, all of the news of yeah. what's going on with the Shanghai uh, Stock Exchange, the Stock Connect. What yeah. are you expecting in terms of earnings?
4: Well, uh uh Hong Kong X I think uh they will report uh slight growth in earnings and uh and, and I think the outlook for Hong Kong X is still uh quite good because of the Shenzhen Connect uh, uh, uh for the for for the second half of the year and then they are going to uh, launch the, the Asia L M E trying to capture the uh uh punters from China especially in copper futures trading because uh, China investors account for more than half of uh, copper futures trading in the world. So if if there is a market uh, in Hong Kong for, uh, during Asian trading hours, uh, I think they will, have, they will have a strong demand here. So uh, as, far, as far as Glencore is concerned, I think, I, I, I think because of low metal prices, I think it will be disappointing.
1: Okay, so in terms of where we should put our money for this week, if we haven't done so already, are you suggesting Hong Kong X?
4: Uh, yes, but 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 I think it's it's better to put put your stocks into environmental related stocks. Ah, right? yes. <laughs> I I I think always go with government policy.
1: Okay, do you have specific names for us?
4: Well, I uh, I think you should try the uh, Tangas China one oh eight three because it just it, it touched bottom uh, uh, last month and I think it's on the way to re- recovery.
1: All right, town guest China one zero eight three. Anything else?
4: Uh, or you can go. You 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 can go for the uh, uh, solar energy stock, Sinergy Solar nine six eight. It just reported very good results.
2: All right.
1: Well, thank you so much to both of our markets guests this morning. That was Donald Amstad, Director of Business Development at Aberdeen Asset Management, and also Francis Lund, the CEO of GEO Securities. Let's take a quick look at the numbers now. The Nikkei is up 69 points to 18,896. Australia's ASX uh, 100 is uh, up 21 points to 5,947, and Solskjössby up 4 points to 2001 In currencies 1 euro is currently trading at 1.11 US dollars the US dollar is worth 120 yen and 1 pound sterling will buy you 11 Hong Kong dollars and 90 cents Gold is at currently at $1206 per ounce and Brent crude oil at $59.54
0: Why are there so many grimy hands in Hong Kong? Many people just forget to wash their hands after pressing lift buttons, holding escalator rails, sneezing, using the toilet, touching door handles, or any other public objects. Hands that look clean can still be dirty. Grimy hands may transmit infectious diseases. Always wash your hands with liquid soap or alcohol hand rub. To guard against diseases, always wash your hands.
1: The time is now 8:24 a.m. and Australian Prime Minister Tony Abbott's government has proposed a n- new measure charging foreign buyers five thousand Australian dollars or more per purchase of uh, property. In of property, property investment firm IP Global's executive director Amos Lee tells us the effect of such measures. Good morning, Amos.
5: Hi, good morning. So,
1: Amos, can you tell us a little bit more about this new measure? Is it a cooling measure targeting wealthy Chinese investors?
5: Well, um, seriously, I mean, these um, um, Australian government analysis, uh, so they see the implementations on some extra charges. Uh, basically, you're looking at about um, a $5,000. Um, if you purchase a property that is under a $1 million, and if it's anything about above one million, it will be a ten thousand dollars. So this is only applicable um, to overseas investors. Uh, but having said that, um, this is yet to be implemented. It has been said for a long, long time ago, but it has never been implemented. Uh, what well, to me or to us, uh, what we felt is that you know a five thousand AUD or ten thousand AUD um, doesn't really sounds like a, a you know a deter um, to to the overseas investors because given that you're going to invest in a property that's worth $500,000 Aussie Dollars or more, um, really, 5000 Aussie Dollars doesn't really count much.
1: So um, the measure is not yet in place, and you're saying that 5000 Aussie Dollars doesn't really get you anywhere. So what really is the purpose in that case?
5: Well, I think, you know, basically, you know, ju- you just want to set the justifications or just to make sure that, the local people in Australia feel that there's some difference buying from, you know, um, as a local purchaser and overseas investors, you know, basically to set a line um, to show that, you know, look, you're buying slightly more expensive than the local. So so I think that's number one. Um, and number two, um, it, it, it does show some kind of spec that, you know, like uh, the Chinese, the mainland Chinese, has rushed into Australia to buy in. Um, Australia properties over the last few years, you see a significant, you know, a forty percent kind of increase um, from the to, from 2013. Um, that you see that there's a forty one percent increase um, from overseas investment. So, so basically, it's just to set something, you know, a mark to tell people that yeah, uh, if you want to buy Australia for overseas investment, you're going to pay slightly more.
1: Connie, what do you think? I mean, I know that Australia has traditionally been a market that uh, Chinese investors
2: will go to. Do you see it continuing that way? Um, Yes, I I, I certainly think so. Um, You know, there are a lot of overseas interests from the uh, Chinese investors' point of view, and they like to diversify their portfolio, given that in China, uh, if you're wealthy, you don't really have that many options but to buy Chinese properties. But uh, right now, there is a lot of um, downturn. Uh, talks there. Uh, the other thing is, of course, the currency is actually quite attractive. You know, the Aussie dollars has uh, fallen quite a bit from the peak, and certainly from from the Chinese point of view, is very um, affordable. And from and actually anybody holding U.S. dollars, for for that matter.
1: So, uh, you know, that's a good point, you know, about the Aussie dollar certainly makes the, uh, 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 the investment more attractive, but Amos, what else is it that makes this kind of investment more attractive perhaps than, let's say, other types of property in other parts of the world, also, you know, places that the Chinese have traditionally invested in? Well,
5: um, seriously, I think like London and um, a couple of places, you know, uh, I think one, one part of it Versus U.S. dollars now, so uh, you know it's all-time low now. So so investors do look at this aspect as well. They know that every Aussie dollar they spend now is much cheaper than couple, two years ago. So so that's definitely one of the issue. And like what Connie said earlier on on the interest rate. So when these two factors come into the same place, it's always always booming for overseas investors coming in.
1: All right, Amos, thank you so much for joining us this morning. That is Amos Lee, and he is the executive. Director at IP Global. All right, uh, here we are uh, just about at the end of the show. Let's take another quick look at the numbers. The Nikkei is up now 19 points to 18,846. Australia's ASX uh, 100 index is up 0.3% uh, to 5,943. And Sol's Kospi up four points or a quarter of a percent to 2,001. Uh, Connie Balland uh, joined us this morning as guest host. She is the founder and chief of the Hong Kong's economic research analysis. Connie, before we actually wrap up the show, what are your parting thoughts? Any, uh, any specific things we should be looking out for uh, aside from the meetings in China, of course, that we talked about earlier in the show?
2: Well, I think we have to look out for all the earnings reports that are coming through. Uh, Normally, I don't comment on stocks. So uh, what I just want to point out is um, ultimately your investment has to do with the earnings potential of the companies and uh, the economic well-being of the countries. Uh, So just uh, read those uh, small (laughs) <laughs>
1: All right, Connie, thank you so much for joining us this morning as a guest host. And I'm Renita Malhotra Hora, wrapping up for Money for Nothing. A quick look at the weather forecast. Uh, it'll be mainly cloudy today with a few rain patches, misty in the morning and at night. The temperature right now is 17 degrees Celsius and the relative humidity is 88%. Time for the half hour news summary with Samantha Butler. Pandemocrat lawmakers have criticised the government for appointing a former university administrator, Nicholas Yang, as the chief executive's advisor on innovation and technology. Democrats say the appointment is intended to bypass the Legislative Council after their filibustering meant the government failed to get funding for its planned Innovation and Technology Bureau. Mr Yang was tipped to head that bureau. But speaking to RTHK this morning, IT sector lawmaker Charles Mock says when the government renews its bid for the Bureau, lawmakers now have the chance to confirm Mr Yang in the position.
5: In future, when the uh, Innovation Technology Bureau motion and so on uh, comes back to LegCo and, and the Finance Committee, it will not be the Bureau itself that's going to be put under the spotlight. Mr Yang himself will also be. So in a way, it also gives... The LegCo, a sort of a power they didn't have before, which is the confirmation of the future secretary. Because by that time, when it happens, people will be looking at how Mr Yang would be performing by that time and then judging whether or not he would be suitable for their job as well.
1: Iraqi government forces say they've seized control of a number of districts around Tikrit as they fight to recapture the city from Islamic State militants.